sometimes you fight the fight knowing that it may not yield the desired outcome, but there is a level of precedent that you're trying to set. Not just today in the fast lane, of course. We fight the good fight with guests like David Teal of Richmond.com around 525. Yeah, you brought some heavy hitters out today, man. And Brett McMurphy of the Action Network around 545 to tackle this very subject, the latest college football playoff rankings, which do not feature any team from the Commonwealth of Virginia. Pretends to be surprised, by the way. We do, here in the fast lane. Because realistically... If you're JMU, you're not going to get ranked until somehow they are allowed to play in a postseason game. I'd love to hear what David Teal has to say. He's written about this in a great article up now at Richmond.com, as well as Brett Murphy of Action Network, who has been on the forefront of the idea that JMU still can make it into a bowl game because there's a really good chance we don't get enough bowl-eligible teams from a win-loss record, at which point... JMU and Jacksonville State magically are all of a sudden able to handle the pressures and rigors of playing in a bowl game in their second season, JMU, or first season, Jacksonville State, in 1A FBS football. I mean, it's amazing just how when a bunch of teams can't play and qualify for a bowl game, suddenly teams with better records, JMU and Jacksonville State, all of a sudden are good enough to go to a bowl game. Uh, Yes, sarcasm, 1,000%. I didn't think you had to say sarcasm there, Ed. I think we knew it. Well, you know, for those that don't specialize in the tone of sarcasm, that's why we include that. But if you're the coaches of either team, what you're realistically doing is you're trying to mitigate expectations and play the what possibly could happen scenario. See, JMU knew this was an unlikely situation to happen, but Kurt Zanetti spoke Monday with the media after JMU's latest victory, dominant as it was, 42-14 at Georgia State. And here is how he presented that victory in summarizing it and not really putting much coach speak behind it. To go on the road and then beat a 6-2 and two team uh, by four touchdowns, I thought we were uh, dominant really for the last two and a half quarters um, in all phases. Uh, scored five straight drives, uh, 65 yards or more, 43 minutes time of possession. You know, I've gained, uh, I've gained him about 570 to 230, 240, and uh, it was a good win. Kurt Signetti, it was a good win. But the matter-of-fact nature of just listing off, kind of going all Dabo Swinney on Tyler and Spartanburg with everyone there, mm-hmm. more the college football playoff selection committee than anyone else, but rattling off just how dominant they were. Look, he's not wrong. I, I know some people hate it when, when that type of comment is brought up, Again, I've never had a problem with it. I go back to, I know they're not like this now because they're not competent enough, but the Miami Hurricanes of the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, which was, hey, we're going to go whoop you, and if you don't like it, too bad. I, again, I've never had a problem with that attitude. In JMU, they've done that. And if you're Kirk Signetti, what you're doing is you're listing all your qualifications to not only appeal to those of us in the media who think it's stupid that JMU cannot make a bowl game, uh, the answer for us, at least, to this Three Stooges question... Are you that dumb? ...is no. However, when asking it to those that are in charge of the decision-making, they might answer this question differently. Are you that dumb? And we might say yes because of that. So Kurt Signetti has to appeal to that reality by constantly restating the Duke's qualifications. And he was more pointedly asked, including by our guest at 5.25 p.m. today in the fast lane, David Teal of Richmond.com, the concept that JMU should be part of the college football playoff rankings. I'm not really curious. I mean, we would be, we'd be in those rankings. 
probably somewhere around where we're ranked, but you know, it's not where you are today, it's where you finish. I steadfastly believe we should be a part of those rankings. There's no reason we shouldn't be a part of those rankings. Well, of course there's no reason they shouldn't be a part of those rankings, but the College Football Playoff Committee, for some reason, doesn't want to ruffle the NCAA, even though they can operate without any NCAA influence on how they put the College Football Playoff together in the New Year's Six Bowl games, because they are separate entities from the NCAA. But somehow they bow down to an organization that doesn't have any power. I mean, again, when the NCAA wants something out of a school, they don't have subpoena power to compel anybody to actually testify, which is why their investigations into a litany of supposed violations over the past handful of decades oftentimes has never gained traction unless there is a supposedly aggrieved party that spills the beans. Look at Michigan's situation right now. Look at other uh, pay-for-play, I'm going to use this term loosely here, scandals in college football Often it's an aggrieved party, someone who felt like they got screwed over, then spilling the beans and prompting the investigation. And then it's whoever actually is willing to talk to the NCAA does that. So that's why JMU's situation is not yielding much right now. However, they are getting more respect on a national level than Liberty. And in their defense, I get it. Strength of schedule, JMU's is much higher than Liberty, which is one of the worst in college football. And again, uh, it's better for our business if Liberty's in the New Year's Six Bowl game discussion, which they're not. It's better for us if Liberty gets more recognition. But let's call a spade a spade. And again, this has to be mentioned fully. But Liberty is not able to schedule the way they normally would from a number of factors. As Ian McCall noted when he was with us a few months ago in the Fast Lane. Fast Lane had Lamar Yields in a podcast to hear that interview. About the fact that when you go from an independent to a conference team, you have to start to get rid of non-conference games. So all of a sudden, Liberty has only got a handful of non-conference games. And the ones they were able to keep this year, uh, G5 team, Old Dominion, this coming weekend. By the way, there's still some tickets left. Two tickets, $22-22, value at InsaneRadioDeals.com. But Buffalo earlier in the season for Liberty, uh, not what they normally have been in their heyday as a MAC team. Among the others that Liberty has faced, including Bowling Green, yes, that Bowling Green. Jamie uh, Caldwell coming from um, um, from Carolina. Another team out of the back that has not had a good year. See, in a perfect world, normally Liberty would have a Power 5 program, a couple of Group of 5 programs, ideally with regional ties, and an FCS 1AA team also with regional ties. That's the vision for Liberty if they have a 9- and 8-game conference schedule and a 4-game non-conference schedule. But when you're putting this together, you don't get that. Plus, let's call a spade a spade. Conference USA, to a certain extent, is the island of misfit toys in a lot of people's eyes. It's the schools that the Sunbelt Conference did not necessarily want. And it certainly are the schools, in a lot of cases, that were not quite ready to be pulled into a bigger conference. Like the AAC, which was plucked and picked apart by the Big 12. And certainly the Mountain West, which doesn't have much geographical ties to most schools in Conference USA. CUSA is a bunch of schools that want to be in a conference. Know that if you do well, you could have an avenue to a playoff, but you're still trying to build that up. Now, there's some long-term solutions out there that I actually think are feasible for Liberty, but it's nothing in the short term that addresses this problem. And Jamie Chowell is aware of it. And look, he knows Liberty fans as much as anybody by admitting that the conference, that the Sunbelt Conference right now gets more attention than Conference USA on a national level. 
in-house we know what we've accomplished we know how hard it is to win it's it's hard and so outside though you know from a from a national perspective obviously the Sun Belt gets more recognition than what we do currently our conference wise and so because of all the different changing and what's happened landscape wise right indeed he's right and you know Jamie Chowell actually was in the Sun Belt with Coastal Carolina and then got out of the Sun Belt to go to Liberty and again, truth be told, I think from a chance to win and build a program and do more if you're looking at a 5, 10 to 15 year trajectory, Liberty offers a lot of that because they have the resources, they're willing to make uh, the, the financial investment, and they have an extremely well-endowed and supportive alumni base for their program. But they are still digging out of the mess from prior administrations, if you get our drift here, and the idea that they can play nice with other schools, again, whether you like it or not academia functions differently from the business world and you can't have those harsh business world thoughts in a lot of cases if you can't show you can at least play right ironically in a world of college sports where everyone is watching out for their best interest like they would in a business sense but liberty their style did not always appeal to that not just the moral style of liberty because byu has found a home baylor is obviously at a home for a while they're both very moral based schools and religious based schools Certainly Notre Dame is not in a conference in football, but we know the cachet and power they have, and that's not going to change anytime soon. So for Liberty, there are things you can do in the short term. One of which is, if you beat a team like Old Dominion, it's not the power of a Sun Belt. They're fighting for bowl eligibility, but I like the attitude of Jamie Chadwell of what it can mean for Liberty as a program to win against Old Dominion this coming Saturday, 1 o'clock kickoff at Williams Stadium, and on a broader level for CUSA. Anytime a conference opponent, we beat two MAC teams, you know, this year. So anytime that our conference can go beat any other conference, I think it's bigger. I think that helps you represent your conference and helps legitimize what you're doing, right? And so, uh, you know, at Bowling Green, who we beat earlier, they went and beat a Georgia Tech. Nobody talks about that, right? And so, but yes, with that, would from a national recognition, from a respect standpoint, anytime you can beat somebody from another conference, some belt conferences were so close to some of those schools, right? Uh, I think that's a big deal. It is for Liberty to beat a team like Old Dominion. I mean, you got to start with what you have on your schedule. And Hugh Freeze outlined this. Jamie Chabell has kind of bought into this as well. And Ian McCall, the athletic director at Liberty, has had the vision of what they want their non-conference schedule to look like. But much like when Liberty made the jump from 1AA FCS to 1A FBS, it's not always pretty in the early going trying to put a schedule together. People remember the good moments of the last couple of years where Liberty went on the road to Virginia Tech went on the road to Syracuse and got victories. Certainly last year where Liberty had those marquee victories at home against BYU, UAB, and an entertaining game. Obviously, we know why they lost in hindsight at Virginia Tech, but also the win at Arkansas. Look, that didn't happen overnight. So you got to have a level of patience. And that's where for Jamie Chabwell, uh, I think the idea of acknowledging a win over Old Dominion is good for the program and the fans while keeping it in perspective. Our fans will probably want to more than anything. I'm sure they can bicker back and forth on X and all those different things. And so for them, it's a huge deal. It's huge for us. We, we want to continue to win and climb in any time you can do that versus a, a great opponent from a great conference. Um, I think that helps legitimize your conference. Um, I don't think we have to legitimize what we're doing on the field. Um, but I think from a conference standpoint, as we, we've had these new additions, I think, that's a, I think that's an important deal for us to go represent our conference. 100% it is. Because if you're in Liberty's situation as a Conference USA member, or if you're another school in that conference, that's how you start building credibility, is you get those type of victories over other G5 programs from the Sun Belt or the Mountain West Conference or wherever you choose to play, 
And then, of course, if you get a chance to pluck off a Power 5 program, you want to take advantage of that. Uh, they're not going to be as often available, especially if you become good, and Liberty has. But you do that, and you have to understand where you are as a fan and what you're looking for. And again, this goes back to Jamie Chadwell's thought process as he's outlined this week. But one of them is understanding that even though you're not ranked, acknowledging that it's okay to be frustrated if you're a Liberty fan that you're not ranked because it does carry a level of cachet and national recognition. Well, I do think anytime you get ranked, uh, that's a great honor, right? I mean, there's there's 120 or so that play, and you're one of 25 right now that is ranked in the country. That's a special deal no matter, no matter how it happens, when it happens. Um, and so I, I think that's great for recognition. It's great for your, your, your university, great for your program. It is. It's good for Liberty to get that recognition. But here's the thing. It's outside of your control. And the one thing that is telling for Liberty is, so far, while they haven't always played their best, they've done enough to win football games. Again, we've mentioned the schedule's not as strong as, as it could be and will, will be in future years, including next year when they add App State as a non-conference team, a, a top-end Sunbelt team. And then, of course, they'll get stronger as the schedule comes into focus the next couple of years. But you want to talk about being ranked because it's okay to acknowledge it's important. But if you're Liberty acknowledge it and then flush it as opposed to constantly dwelling on it because it may provide short-term spark and motivation but that's really hard to sustain over the long haul we talked about it for about two seconds and then you know we moved on because i here's the thing that i know is uh you know if you don't keep winning they'll forget about you real quick and so no matter what it is and we don't you don't play for the ranking so to speak uh you want to continue to play well and, and hope people recognize that but it is a great honor but not something we dwell on but uh it is a cool thing uh, i've been part of that before and there's there's not many that get ranked and when you do i think it's a special deal the idea for liberty is it's a slow build to something bigger over a longer period of time, much like it's a slow build, those interest rates that are happening in our world today, inflation that has popped up, and those hidden things that all of a sudden are causing those insurance rates you have to increase, which is why it's worth shopping for a carrier like Gardner Insurance Solutions can provide seven plus carriers to which they have access, multiple carriers to make sure you get the best policy for home insurance, auto insurance, maybe you're in the market for something larger for your business, renter's insurance, they can help make sure you have a policy that still covers all of your bases and is one that is financially logical. That's why you reassess things right now. And the way to do it is stop by the old Forest Road office of Gardner Insurance Solutions. I've done it before. They shop my rates every year to make sure I'm getting a policy that's favorable for me and minimizes the sting because look no matter where you turn for insurance rates are going to go up it's easy to sit there and go oh my rates are going up here the reality is a shop well of course Gardner insurance solutions multiple carriers can help you shop so that you know you're getting the best deal home insurance auto insurance or maybe you're bundling multiple routes Gardner insurance solutions now to the fast five at five ish speaking of autos it's time for the fast five at five ish Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. So full disclosure, I've not listened to the Front Stretch Happy Hour podcast. I don't know if it's dropped just yet. It has, said. Well, you know, I haven't listened yet, Trey. But a stat from a friend of yours on that podcast and FrontStretch.com alum, Dustin Albino. With four drivers, Ben Rhodes Truck Series, Cole Custer Xfinity, and Ryan Blaney, the NASCAR Cup Series, all winning championships this past weekend. It is the first time since 2001 
that a manufacturer has swept all three championships and just the sixth time in the sports history that it's ever happened. I get it's one weekend. I also get the fact that Ford uh, you know, has been solid, if not spectacular this year, but that is still a big deal for a manufacturer to have that type of momentum going into the offseason, and it gives them a lot of zing and boost to know how to handle something that realistically has eluded them for a while, which is consistent success. It may not be consistent, but they have found a way to peak at the right time, including obtaining the last two NASCAR Cup Series champions with fellow Penske driver Joe Logano getting it last year. Number four. Speaking of NASCAR, it is unlikely, according to Sports Business Journal, that teams will finalize a new charter agreement until after NASCAR strikes its next TV deals, according to multiple sources with whom SBJ has spoken. Uh, That's believed to be a tactical win for NASCAR that uh, has frustrated teams who tried to jumpstart early in their talks last year to get better terms on new charter deals and values. And yes, it puts NASCAR teams behind the eight ball in terms of pitching the value of being a sponsor of a NASCAR team, and that is important in a sport that is driven by... Dollar, dollar, bills, y'all. But the other reality is, is it usually funnels down. And the top of the sport is NASCAR. Then it's the teams that make up NASCAR, which have a major level of importance. But NASCAR wanting to find out the TV parameters ultimately is going to dictate everything anyway in terms of the value because that's going to show what the TV networks think of NASCAR's product truck series xfinity series and cup series and therefore the value of the exposure and granted there's social media there's radio exposure there's ancillary forms of marketing but the tv exposure is the greatest even more than the in venue exposure and that's why that's driving this particular decision number three a blast from the past martavis bryant coming out of retirement as the former clemson and pittsburgh wide receiver signing with the Dallas Cowboys on their practice squad. Meanwhile, another blast from the past coming up in number two with Trey's guy, but Martavis Bryant to the Dallas Cowboys. Am I holding my breath if I'm a Cowboys fan that he is going to give pop to an offense that has a very good number one receiver in CeeDee Lamb, viable pass catching options at tight end. They've got a couple of those and a solid number two receiver when he's healthy in Michael Gallup. Not really, but here's the thing. Dallas has a history of going after these guys with no real regard to what their past off-field issues might be. And yes, Martavis Bryant's may have been substance abuse related and things that may or may not have gotten cleaned up as that policy has been amended in the NFL. But here's the thing. When you've been out of the league this long, whether it's Bryant or Josh Gordon, the tantalizing athleticism often overshadows the reality that um, at some point, the ability to pass or fail the test is much more about self-control and what it means of your ability to still focus on your day-to-day job and your preparation as it relates to a team. And that's the type of thing that wears thin for players like Bryant and the prior teams that have gone after him. Number two. Speaking of blast from the past, Trey's guy, Carson Wentz, fourth NFL team. And guess what, Trey? He's finally on the LA Rams. And he's not competing against Jared Goff for a quarterback position. He has been signed as a backup option for a team that is desperate now for what they're going to get out of the quarterback position. Um, I mean, look, would he be better than a Bryce Perkins? Would he be better than a John Walford? At this point, when you're finding quarterbacks that are on the street this late in the year, Trey, I'm not holding my breath that you're actually going to get much productivity out of any of those particular players. It's more a roll of the dice knowing that 
when you're rolling the dice, you're not exactly risking a major amount of, in the immortal words of our guy, Kenny Powers, dollar, dollar bills, y'all, that anything will actually come from it. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's the backup option. He might get hurt three plays into playing, so we'll see what happens. It is definitely not a high level of expectation on this side of the room. And number one on the Fast Five at five-ish. Amazing to think about this, but we've had players from Rustburg to UVA, Emma Lemley from Jefferson Forest to Virginia Tech, um, Brookville also sending players to Liberty and other schools in the area that have come out of this softball factory that seems to be in Central Virginia. We had three more today who signed. Obviously, we're familiar with Jefferson Forest. We carry JF football presented by TrostLaw.com on the Virginia's Talk Station app, 100.9 FM, and ask your smart speaker stream WIQO Radio every Friday evening, 6.30 East Coast Wings and Grill Tailgate Show. GW Danville at JF this coming Friday. But JF, Kinsley Peak, Winthrop is where she's going to play softball. I know a couple of former cross-country runners from Winthrop. They've done a fantastic job with the Longwood program, so shout out to them. But here's the thing. Kinsley Peak going to Winthrop. Obviously, two more from Appomattox who have also made their commitments. Aubrey Fulcher, the outfielder, going to Liberty University. And for a while, she was a teammate with Bree Carrico, who's the softball pitcher we've spoken of, who signed with Virginia Tech today. But it speaks to a couple different things. One is the fact that this is a hotbed for softball in this area. And you may not think of it, but you probably should. And pay attention to it this spring, and it's easier to do that, I get it, when there's not as much football and basketball action taking place. But there's a lot of talent in this particular area. Appomattox obviously has got a ton when you're putting players at Liberty and Virginia Tech this year. Um, And then to build into that, I was at the Appomattox signing today for Fulcher and Pre-Carico. Just that community, I mean, it's amazing. There are a bunch of people that showed up who... I mean, I guess they had invested interest in supporting these players because it's a very communal aspect over there. But yes, family members understandably come out for Fulcher and Carico, but there are a lot of other people that came out there and it makes, uh, you know, we've talked about this with Ben Cates of newsadvance.com and WSET's Day Walls often, but that area, Appomattox, we know about it for football success and the Doug Smith and rallying around him with cancer, but that whole area with athletics, softball's another area where, I mean, it may not get the headlines of football and I get why, But we've seen what it's done, and a lot of people feel like they've had a vested interest in the success of players like Aubrey Fulcher, who went to Liberty, or has signed with Liberty today, and her teammate Bree Carrico, who signed with Virginia Tech. And there is your Fast Five at Five-ish. When we return in the Fast Lane, we'll pivot away from that to more on the JMU and Liberty debate. Is anything actually going to transpire for Liberty getting ranked as a team based on their resume. For JMU getting ranked as a team that, well, deserves to be ranked based on what their resume is. David Teal of Richmond.com, the first to answer that question next here in the Fastlane. 